Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. It's Thursday night, and I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas. And it's Thursday. Did I mention it's Thursday? So we will be talking college football as we do during the off season every single Thursday night. Sundays and Thursdays during the regular season, where I'm joined by my old friend and fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. Glad to be back. How is uh how was your week, man? Uh what have you been up to since uh last Thursday? What uh, was your weekend like? Uh what have you what has been going on in the Green household? Back down there in uh, Dacula, Georgia. It's uh down in Dacula, sir. It is uh it's good, man. We had a pretty low key weekend. Um, just sat around the house, procrastinated things we should do around the house, and they were like, ah, oh, we'll do that next weekend. And but uh but this weekend we're doing a little kayaking. Ooh. So it should be uh should be a lot of fun. Where are you going kayaking at? Uh, the Broad River. Where it's like that? it's like near Athens. So like you go like we're coming from Decula, like you'll go like past Athens. Mm-hmm. It's actually near like Elberton. Okay. Home of Nicole Hartman. <laughs> but um yeah, it's just kinda out, you know, in the in the backwoods and it's just you know, just it's 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 kayaking, but it's more it's like a that sounds like extreme, right? It sounds like an extreme sport, like super athletic. It's really more like floating down the river. And it's just like mm. drink some beer, float down the river, like do some rapids kind of thing, like nothing, nothing big. It's a, it's a good time. Get some snacks, get some drinks. It's a, it's always fun. How do you keep the snacks dry in a kayak? How does that work? What are you Ziploc bagging everything? What happens? You got like a, yeah, you just got a cooler, you know, so strap everything in. Kayak. Yeah. I mean, you can't get like too big of a cooler, but they got like the, those kind of bungee cord type things in the back and you can kind of strap it in. But um, uh-huh. we're like seasoned vets at this. There's definitely been times in the past where cooler opens up, beers going down the river and yeah. shit. It's terrible, you know. But uh, we've got some experience now. You know, we've learned some from some ex- from mistakes, and I think we're uh, I think we're good now. Now it's it's a good time. Are the dogs making an appearance on the kayaks? How are they with water? No, they're not. So that's the one downfall. Like we've like, we've talked about that. Like trying to get some kind of kayak we gotta like buy our own or something you know if we're gonna get the dogs out there but uh yeah we've talked about figuring out something to get the dogs out there because maybe just like floating on like a pond or something but like i don't know if they could handle the the river because mm-hmm. there are some kind of rapids but uh yeah we'll, we'll see maddox isn't great with the water so far but i mean <laughs> he's uh zeus can't really swim he's a it's a real bulky guy so I don't know if he floats, so we'll see. Maddox has got more German Shepherd in him, so I bet he, I bet he could swim. But I've um, already said we've already established like if we're if we do have the dogs in the kayaks, like Tori is in Zeus's kayak. Like something <laughs> happens, that big ass dog like turns the thing over. It's like I want it to be her, not me. She wants it to be her, not me. So we're wait, over in agreement there. Isn't it? Shouldn't it be? I feel, it should be reversed. I feel like she would blame me. She'd like blame me if I like flipped over and I probably I got pissed I'd probably get pissed at Zeus or something like it's not his fault you know that whole thing yeah but uh yeah I'm sure it would be something like that you know man okay 
that. Well, uh, I mean, it's not like it would be a big deal. But I'm Zeus just trying is to imagine the... a Rottweiler in a kayak. Like it's just a funny visual, or just a a Rottweiler floating on some just piece of uh, pe- like I, I don't know what to call those, like paddle boards around a pond. Just is a really really funny visual to me. Yeah, for sure. Any any weighs like as much as Tori. So yeah. The. Mm. It'd be interesting to get him out there. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Interesting, interesting. I uh, I don't know. It's gonna be a hot one still here in Knoxville, and I don't I don't know what uh, my weekend plans. I I've been. Those are the best days though. Do something on the water though. Well, we did the beach a few weeks ago. We do need to get to the lake. Um, the the girlfriend has mentioned her her interest in uh, tubing down the river, which I have pushed back. Uh, for a little bit now. I'm not a big tubing fan. I, I, you're not a tubing fan? What is this? I like kayaking, and I've canoed a lot in my day. Um, being an Eagle Scout. Not to brag, but I'm an Eagle Scout, Matt Green. So I... <laughs> what that also <laughs> means is I was not dating much in high school and middle school. That was not uh, not really on my radar. I was too busy getting those merit badges. Hey, that's just you. You know, Don't, don't put that on all Eagle Scouts. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Eagle Scouts out there that... Uh, it did some dating. You think so? I I mean I'm I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't I honestly don't know. Girls who were like, How many mirror badges? Tell me how many mirror badges do you have again? Is that is that underwater basket weaving that uh you got going on there? <laughs> um I feel like just tubing, just like floating down the river, that's a good time. You don't like that? Not at all. I don't like like there's nothing going on. I feel uncomfortable with my back just hanging and being exposed with the the water underneath. I don't like any of it. I think it's a gigantic waste of time, and I, it drives me nuts. I, I've never once had fun tubing. So, <laughs> so it's the it's the water underneath that is that what does it? For yeah, you? I just don't if like you, it. I'm like, exposed. I don't like it. I keep... like your fish. It's fish, like your fish. Just like something? the the rivers that you go down are pretty gross. So I'm just like I don't know a piece of glass from people tubing down the river with glass bottles and stuff. Like I don't know. I just I can't uh, I can't really enjoy myself. Tubing. So you need the security of the kayak. Yes. And okay, I can and I can yeah. understand that, and also having like an oar too, mm-hmm. like tubing, you're just kind of at the mercy of the river, you know. Right. I mean, you kind of direct yourself a little bit, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, not a, not a, not a tubing guy. Love a good jet ski though. Jet skiing is like uh, something I very much want to find. So if, when I buy the lake house, <laughs> um, I'm buying multiple jet skis. I was always envious. Uh, one of my uh, high school college friends um they had a lake house on lake lanier and they uh they had multiple jet skis and just i was like this is insane you can just walk down to your backyard and there's just jet skis just waiting for you i would be on it all the time yeah for sure that's sick i'm definitely uh jealous of people that live the lake life yeah yeah that's uh the way to go the way to go um as you can see folks we're like 10 minutes into this college football podcast without talking about college football and it's because there's not a lot um there's only so many things you can say about nil um as of right now based on everything i've read is uh, it's going to be a mess on july 1st that is what i'm saying that is everything i'm reading and just the way coaches and administrations are talking about it the ncaa is literally matt not going to touch this for a little bit because they how do you assess fines or how do you even regulate this? So th- it is going to be an unregulated, just hilarious, delicious mess of just like 
the backup offensive lineman for Bama signing a $5,000 endorsement deal with a used car lot in Tuscaloosa. Like it's, it's going to be, I, I can't wait for the tweets. I can't wait for the first ran play, random player X from Georgia tech to sign uh, an endorsement deal with like, I don't know, uh, inserts of the cheetah lounge or something. I don't know. Like it would just be, I'm just excited <laughs> for just the ridiculousness of what's coming next month what about you yeah i think we have no idea what to expect and i just wonder what it's going to do like to the dynamics of like a football team because like i know georgia for one like there's already two players uh the punter i think and brock vandergriff the the incoming freshman that have agreed with some some clothing line i think it's like a real like you know kind of frat frat kind of dude clothing line and like he hasn't even played a game yet so if i'm if i've been at georgia two or three years like produced on the field and this guy over here is making some money and he hasn't even played yet like i don't know i might feel a little salty about that but i would just think every single business in in one of these college towns is gonna is gonna get one of these guys on in their commercials or or something right like have a have a a meet and greet at their restaurant, just throw them a few thousand dollars. Like, this, Oh Matt. So there's, it's the going to be the wild West, man. So on Sunday mornings here in Knoxville, there's this, there's this show. So I'm going to say this knowing full well, that this is going to blackball me from ever appearing on this show. But this show uh-huh. is one of my favorite horrible things. Like I'm a, I'm a hate watcher, Matt. Like one of my favorite things is hate watching things. Um, it's something I get a lot of enjoyment out of where like, so mm-hmm. things you don't like, you just watch anyway. Correct. Just to hate on. Them. Yeah, man. <laughs> God, that's interesting. I cannot relate. If I don't, I don't if I hate something, I'm just not going to watch it. No, see, I don't watch things that I'm just like, eh, about like the worst thing you can be for me is something that I have no opinion on where I'm like, eh, it's just not on my radar, but something that's terrible. And like, I feel like, like mm-hmm. That TV is like going away for sure. Like I, when I think of that, I think of like King of Queens and like Everybody Loves Raymond. Those yeah. those shows that are just on. It's like I'm not sure who's who's really a fan of these shows. Uh, but I watch King like, of Queens all no the time, sir. These shows? No, I'm saying like, I I definitely do. It'll be like on, and you're like, oh, this is this is kind of funny. But I'm not like a King of Queens fan, you know? It's like yeah, like who's? It's like uh, I don't know. It's like. Whose favorite band is like, I don't know, I'm not going to hate on some band out there, but there's just those... Mumford and Sons. Like Train or something, yeah. you know? Oh, like, my grandmother loves Train. Is that anyone's favorite band? They're just like, oh, yeah, I hear their music. Um, I, I don't hate it. I don't necessarily like it. I'm not going to play it on my own. If it's on, I won't turn it off. Like, that's what King of Queens is to me. Yeah, um... I but there's something there's value there which is when I'm working throughout the day I like having stuff like that on in the background um, I, because I'm not paying attention to it but like you said it's uh, one of those things that uh, they just don't make shows like that anymore it's either awful 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 like that new dating show that I am 100% here for where they're dressed in like crazy like animal heads to see if love oh, is blind. have you seen this I don't even know what this is it's have you seen this paper this no I haven't oh just mention it to Tori. I'm sure she is aware of this. It's going to be amazing. And I hope you guys watch it because I will gladly recap it with you. But I know you're still like, how are you? I know you said you're going kayaking this weekend, Matt, but 
Yeah. How are you going to binge season two of Too Hot to Handle um, that just dropped? <laughs> I don't even season. know what that is. Too Hot to Handle? Oh, man. It's incredible. Incredible. It's just a show about a bunch of, you're not going to believe this, hot people on an island that go to the island thinking they're just all going to hook up with each other. And instead, they have to abstain from everything or lose money for every uh, discretion, uh, indiscretion, whatever. And uh, what? Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a great, great, great show. I love it very much. So you lose money every time you hook up with somebody? Yeah, even kiss. There's a certain amount of money you lose for like a kiss, for um, other things. (laughs) It's just different degrees of losing money. But they all go to this place under the pretense that uh, they just get to hook up with other hot people on the on a deserted island, but uh, it's not the case. They have to find oh, okay. And, like, okay. To, yeah, it's trying to fix people, fix the players, essentially. <laughs> Interesting. I tried to give what, speaking of, what's the deal with like NBA players and like game shows? Like NBA players are all of, like get LeBron, D Wade, Steph Curry. Did you see any of that show? Like after the, after the Hawks game, shout out to the Hawks, by the way. Mm. Hawks and four, they're they're winning the championship. But um, that D Wade game show came on. Did you see any of that? No, I did the, not. I, I can't do game shows. I'm not a game show person. It was no, it was it was not good. I'm not really a game show person either. But I just it was on, and I just like watched it, and it was like it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I didn't even I didn't understand yes. what was happening. It was it was terrible. I mean, he's just doing it for the money. Like, you have John Cena doing, like, Whiplash and all this stuff. They just do it for the check. Like It's, it's like, you know how Deal or No Deal, they always mm. they always left you on a, on a cliffhanger, you know? Right. It was like, let's see if we find that case right after we come back. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm hooked. I feel like this, this Cube show, it's like they were going to the cliffhanger before I knew what was happening. So it's like, wait. Should I stick around? I don't even know. I don't even know what's happening yet. It was, I don't know. It was a weird show. They had like, they, I feel like that, you know, the, that, that camera angle they, they'll show on like NFL films that like goes 360 degrees, you know? Yeah. It seemed like this show, they were like, well, we have the 360 degree camera and it's like everything in slow-mo. I don't really think we need to come up with any other ideas. That's that's all we need. If you just have that camera and the slow-mo It'll be a hit, and I'm not really sure what else the show had going for it. Man, that's not a ringing endorsement. Um, not a ringing endorsement, Matt Green. Um, but yeah, no. well, <laughs> that's yeah, that's my game show, my game show minute on the on the show, on the segment on the uh, on the show. I don't think there's going to be any Georgia players uh, popping up on the varsity ads in Athens. It seems like. Did you see that that uh, the varsity in Athens closed? Yeah, I think they're moving it though, right? Are I they? Think I thought they. I heard they were. I mean, they moved it before, so like the original varsity was like right downtown. I think they turned it into like a Five Guys. It was like I don't know what it is now. It was Five Guys when I was in Athens a, a good bit, but um, yeah. So they moved it before, and I feel like it's just. I don't know. It's the, the varsity. It's like if you've been there, it's like it's not really that good. You know, it's like it was kind of that kitschy kind of it was like iconic. But so you wanted to go there and then you had it and you're like, OK, I've had it. I don't really need to have it again. <laughs> mm. 
Um, that brutal on the varsity? What does anyone really like the varsity? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to. I don't know. I just don't know how you eat the varsity and just carry on with your day. That's like one of those places <laughs> where. Um, yeah, uh, back in my youth, Matt Green, I remember uh, the company Christmas party was uh, catered by the varsity uh, several years back, and they provided us. I kid you not. This was the the entire refrigerator slash dining room table option for said party. Um, a lot of men worked here. I, I might say that it was literally all men. Um, Miller Lite, Fireball, and the Varsity. <laughs> my night did not end up well. Yeah, it's like if, if you're if you're with someone who's like in Atlanta, who's like ever been to Atlanta or something, they're like, oh, I want to go to the Varsity. Like, yeah, whatever. It's It's fine for that. But like, if you're with a group of friends in Atlanta, like no one ever suggests going to the varsity. Like it's not ever a, a thing that comes up. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they're doing like more housing and stuff there in Athens where the, the varsity is. Mm. I think that's what they're, the plan is. Interesting. Uh, so Arch Manning though, making his appearance he's been at texas he spun it around in austin not too long ago the louisiana five star uh arch manning who's going into his junior year down there in louisiana cooper manning's son giving georgia a look looks like georgia's going to be pulling out all the stops to get on his radar even though he's got another full recruiting cycle before this one even like this one still just doesn't really matter um what do you make of arch surveying Athens and UGA is UGA continues to add five-star quarterbacks who will inevitably transfer. And as Kirby goes with the four-star, how dare you, sir? But, um, if that's honestly what I was going to say, like if there's one thing you can say about Kirby, it's like, he can get some five-star quarterbacks on campus. And honestly, at this point with the transfer portal, like you might as well just get the best players you can get, let them decide it let them play it out on the, in the practice field, you know? So yeah, it would be insane if they got Arch Manning, the, you know, three, five-star quarterbacks, three classes in a row. And you just, you just know at this point you should just prospects should be just, just say, go where you want to go. Like there's so many different things that can happen with guys coming and going, like just go where you want to go and hopefully you'll play there. And with the way Georgia recruits under Kirby smart, like, I wouldn't rule out their, their chances for Arch Manning. Like, you know, Peyton Manning, the fact that Peyton didn't go to Ole Miss, you know, if, if all of these guys went to Ole Miss, and this isn't even Peyton or Eli's son, but obviously he's part of the family. If, if they all went to Ole Miss, well, then I'd be like, well, yeah, he's just going to go to Ole Miss like everyone else. But, like, Peyton was deciding, you know, mid early mid-90s, and he was like, Tennessee's a better program. Like, that's where I'm going to go. And so I could see – Arch Manning making that same decision. You know, Ole Miss could be in a good position, like getting good at right at just the right time to attract a guy like him. But, you know, not since not all of these guys have gone to Ole Miss, I mean, granted it's only Peyton, but I could I could see uh I could see him going anywhere. I mean, go to Alabama or Georgia, Clemson, like I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Like you said, it's it's a long way away from his signing day. It is a long way. Um Caden Salter was arrested again last week. Uh, the former four-star 
quarterback out of Texas who enrolled early this spring um, at the University of Tennessee. He has been kicked off by head coach Josh Heupel. Man, this ended fast. This is bad. His second run-in with law enforcement since arriving on campus. Um, Heupel uh, setting the tone early about just what he is going to allow and what he is not. Um, this is, is, that, is that how we're spinning this from Tennessee perspective? Yeah. How would you spend like laying I mean, down the hammer? I mean, this is laying down the hammer because I think he's bringing talented. in some questionable kids. That's what he's doing. Some he's questionable what? character guys. No, I'm just joking. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a, I don't know how big of a loss it is. It's but, a big you loss. Know, he is. We know, we know Tennessee's limited in the amount of talent they have. So to lose a guy who's a, you know, top 150 prospect in the composite rankings. I mean, he was a top 50 prospect, I think, in, in 24-7's rankings. So it's without a doubt uh, a loss for a team that's that's trying to build something. And it wasn't even like he was going to play. It's just the dude just couldn't couldn't avoid it. Like uh, a little bit of marijuana in the car, which is not a big deal, but it's just more of like I don't think he was taking everything seriously. And it also just seems like he's someone who is not ready for – just college life and being a big time quarterback in a big time program. I just, uh, I think it's one of those where it would not surprise me if he goes somewhere else, the Juco route, and then comes back to an SEC school in a couple of years or a Big 12 school or whatever and has some success because he's a really talented kid and it's just unfortunate. Uh, but Taven Jackson on the way. So uh, he's out there recruiting the four star from Indiana. So he has been very active getting certain guys and he has some other four star teammates out of there. So, it's not all bad. And you got Joe Millen, you got Harrison Bailey, you got uh, got a lot of dudes in this quarterback room, and he wasn't going to play, but still, just uh, just a blow for this program, but also something that uh, is important for Heupel to instill that, hey, uh, sir, there is a line, and now you guys know. Um, they got some guys, but do they have any dudes? <laughs> the the, the questions question. that need answers. Um, Matt, Phil Steele, one of our favorite college football Writers, analysts, his magazine is a must-have, so go get yours and pick up your copy at your local Publix, Kroger, wherever. I get mine at Kroger because, ugh, Publix. Um, Who doesn't like Publix? That blows my mind. It's the worst place. I'm I'm so, like, not not tribal about my, my grocery stores. I, I go Publix, Kroger, Aldi, you know, whatever it takes. I've never been. I don't think I've ever been in an Aldi. My mom raves about it. I think that was always the reason highly I recommend it. it. Yeah, no, I can do it. My mom highly it recommend it. My Horrible mom was prices. all in and was just like, "It's amazing. I love it in there." My mom just talked about it too much. I'm like, "Hold oh, on, so do I'm you just, like? I'm, I'm do you like Kroger. going to the grocery store? I mean, I like going to Kroger. So you like enjoy going inside the grocery store and looking around at stuff. Like, do you enjoy that, or you like you kind of dread it? Like, it's a I don't dread it. I'm more, uh, I can usually bang out a podcast in the grocery store. So it's, uh, it's not oh, see, I don't, I don't ever listen to headphones. In the oh, I always store. have AirPods in when I'm in most places. Oh, are you that guy? <laughs> Someone tries to say something to you. You gotta, you gotta take out the earphone, ear, uh, earbud to, to say something back. Oh yeah. I'm that guy. But also like, did you see i tweeted about this i think better than the bluetooth guy though Mm. i uh did you see that i had tweeted about this i think two weeks ago 
this What's issue of no, I was running. So I put up a Twitter poll. Um, I didn't know how to approach this, and if I was in the wrong here, you can clear this up for for the listeners, um, Matt, as the arbiter of what works in society and what doesn't. And this person um, pulled up. They were in my cul-de-sac. I was rounding out my run. I literally was just I doing my route. I was like 1.7 miles in. And I'm at the stop sign getting ready to cross. I see you, 1.7? I mean, that was only... I do about three a day. But I nice. uh, I was moving. Like, I'm jogging in place and I'm moving. Like, my body is moving and my heart rate's crazy. And I'm just trying to, like, stay moving. And, but sometimes there's stop signs in their car. So I just jog in place before they uh, they drive on. This car rolls down their window. And I'm like looking at them and I'm still jogging. Like clearly I can see they're talking to me now because I'm listening to my podcast as uh, not my own listening to someone else's. And <laughs> I was going to say yeah, that. When I was saying that, no, like that. No, I was just saying that I don't listen to mine. But um, yeah, so I'm jogging in place and listening to that. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to take out my AirPods. So I'm fuming. Like I'm fuming that this is happening right now. And I'm still jogging in place, and I, I'm like, what? And I'm kind of rude because I kind of want to see what's going on here because I feel like it's going to be a dumb question. And they asked me where a street is, like maybe 0.2 miles away from me, where it is. And I was like, he's holding a smartphone as he's asking me this. <laughs> and I, I just... I, it was losing it, Matt. Like, I was fuming because I was like, uh, it's just over there. Take a laugh, and you're good. And he was like, uh oh okay uh thanks and he rolls it up and i like he drives on but like it's not acceptable to ask anyone for directions in 2021 it's not acceptable you're not allowed to do it you have a smartphone you can find it like you don't need to do it also you see that i'm running you see that i have airpods in not going to be helpful like i don't feel like i should have to be helpful here but i did it begrudgingly but i was i was pretty ticked off because i had to stop and so yeah is is this where i come in yes am i right to be annoyed by that are you the a-hole or not yes i mean i don't know why you're annoyed to be honest like i feel like especially if the street was that close it's like you're just like hey you're right then there and you're good if you had to give him like complicated directions i kind of i feel you but uh, i don't know i feel like i take pride in uh knowing directions so if someone ever actually asks, I'm like, oh, I got you, bro. Turn out here, you know, I uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, you got you to help your common man, you know? So uh, No, you have a smartphone. Just type it in. You go to Waze, Google Maps. How old type is it in. this person? Uh, they're probably like my dad's age, so somewhere in their 50s. See, I think that's where the leeway comes in. If they're like 50 plus, they might not be that good with smartphones. Don't care. I mean, I don't know. It drove me nuts. I was I was fuming, and I was like, "Am I right to be annoyed by this? Am I right?" Fuming, fuming. I would never do it. Like I would die out in the wilderness rather than ask someone for directions in 2021. I think that's just the rule. We need to make we we need to collectively decide this as a society that like we're not doing this anymore. But I mean, people's phones die, you know, like he's in his car. Happen. It was connected to a charger. He had the window down. He was holding it. Could it. Be, maybe it, his map, his app wasn't working. You know, who knows? There's things that can happen. Maybe his internet's, his, his internet's not working, you know, like internet's not working. Slack. He has 4G. Get out of here. He's got 4G. <laughs> I won't it's allow it. He's a hater. Just hate, hate, hate. Not hate. I'm just, I, stuff like that really bothers me. I just, I don't like, I don't 
in my life, I don't like causing problems for others. Like I'm a very, like my, my own business person. I am a, from the wire, it's something to live by. It's a great word of advice. It's why are you out here giving a fuck when an eight year turn to give a fuck? I live by that where I just, I stay in my lane. I do my own thing. I understand I have my quirks and stuff like that. And I, I, I just, I'm not for everybody, that kind of thing. So I, <laughs> I don't usually like being involved in a lot of stuff. So I'm just like, Hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't cause problems. Yeah, I don't seek out fine. stuff. Hmm? But if that sounds fine, but if someone asks you, Hey, can you help me out real quick? You're like, this fucking guy. Well, it depends like... on what they're asking. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably my natural instinct is some, like, I, I don't like getting touched either. So someone like put some stranger uh, the other day, like thought like we were cool and just like put their hand on my shoulder and i was like uh, are you out of your mind like i slithered away like i didn't didn't like it um touching i mean i would definitely yeah just touching someone you don't know that's that's just weird weird i'm also super ticklish too (laughs) so like someone just comes up and like touches my side or something i feel like it's gonna like also tickle while like being like what the fuck are you doing and that's like a weird embarrassing like response to someone touching you is to be like tickled (laughs) by it right like he like that's terrible. Like a like a child. Uh, I did not know we would learn that Matt Green is extremely ticklish on this program tonight. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, this brings us back to Feel Steel, who believes Matt Green that LSU and Penn State will both have bounce back years in 2021. So I ask you, of those two teams, who do you think? is more likely to have the... And I think bounce back to me for these two teams is like they are in the playoff conversation in late November. Um, That's what I'm going to say is a bounce back year for these two programs is that we're talking about them as a playoff dark horse or they're still in the conversation if certain things break a certain way, like the Texas A&M story last year. Um, If that is the case, uh, who of those two teams do you think is more likely to fit that mold and to fall into that category, I suppose. Um, I thought these were, for one, both two excellent bounce back candidates, but uh, I, I tend to think, I don't know, I tend to think Penn State, just because it's more difficult for LSU to bounce back. Like, granted, I think the, the West, like, I don't think Auburn is going to be a contender in the West by any means this year, but even if LSU bounces back and is significantly better this year, like they could still have losses to Bama, A&M and Florida, you know? So I think, I almost think the Florida game really decides whether it's a bounce back year or not for LSU. Cause I think if, if LSU goes 10 and two, that's a hundred percent a bounce back year. I think that's kind of the, the best they can really expect to do. Whereas Penn state, it's like a bounce back year. You could win the big 10, you know, if, if Ohio State isn't, you know, this is, seems like a year where Ohio State is more unproven than than other years. So, I would think Penn State, but yeah, like you said, if they're in the top ten, I can I can definitely see Penn State getting back into the top ten. I don't know if I can see them winning the Big Ten, but but yeah, last year, like the way they started the season, just with some of those close losses, and you know how I feel about the Indiana Penn State game, they got hosed. I'll I'll take that one to my grave. Like I saw it. I saw it. The ball was out of bounds before it hit the pylon. But um, so I feel like that's a win that wasn't on Penn State's uh, win-loss record, really. But um, so 
they went four and five right last year mm-hmm. and um, won their last four games of the season. So I could, I, I definitely see Penn State having a bounce back here. I think Penn State's the safer choice for me. But the weird part about Penn State, picking Penn State as a bounce back candidate, is I'm very high on Iowa. That's a problem for this this category. I think Wisconsin bounces back. If I think both of those things are true, it's hard for me to see, and I think Michigan State will be a little bit better than last year. I think Rutgers is still improving. I don't think Indiana is going anywhere. I think they take a minor step back, if anything, but Michael Penix Jr. is still going to be under center. I think Tom Allen's still a great coach. You go up and down that list, and you're like, hmm, Minnesota, are they going to be that bad? In back-to-back years, Tanner Mangum back for another year under center. P.J. Fleck making some changes at O.C. Yeah, and Penn State doesn't avoid any of those good teams from the West this year, and they have Auburn on their schedule. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Penn State might be a better team as a whole, but I think the wins might not be there to show it. Like, the wins are there for LSU, but in a similar situation, LSU is in the West, and the West is going to be a bloodbath. And I guess it just depends on how much you believe in Orgeron, and I'm like, I'm more of a a James Franklin guy than an Ed Orgeron guy, I think. Franklin's a better coach, but I think he's in a tough spot. And I also believe in Max Johnson and Miles Brennan more than I do in Sean Clifford. Like, where are you at with Clifford? Do you think last year is an outlier and he'll be back? Or do you think this is, this is a problem and it like, I just, I can't bank on Sean Clifford being an elite big 10 quarterback this year. It's hard to bank on him being an elite quarterback, but I still feel like he can be, you know, one of the one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, I think, at the very least, you know. So and depending on, you know, it's a pretty unproven conference uh, for court as far as quarterbacks go. So, like, I mean, who do you think is he the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now? Like who Clifford? Yeah, I mean, who's the be- who am I forgetting right now? Like Penix Jr. Like he's coming it's off Penix an- Jr. I would he's say. coming off an injury though, so I don't know how much. Like he's obviously. I mean, CJ Stroud will probably be the answer here after like. I would games. kind of assume CJ Stroud, but we've also never seen him play, so it's. I guess the in best terms returning, of- um, I'd have to think about this because let's think about it. Uh, it's not Graham Mertz. You can say that. Uh, Adrian Martinez, no. Um, we don't know who will be under center in Michigan yet. Uh, I don't even know who will be under center this year for Michigan State yet. Northwestern has oh, uh, you know who Tua, it is? Is Tua Junior still st- still the oh, guy? Tua Junior is actually a sneaky pick. You know who it actually is? Probably though. Um, as I think about it, it's ta- it's Tanner Mangum. That's probably true. That's probably the most proven. He'll probably be the first team All Big Ten preseason. Yeah, I could see that. But I could see Clifford being second team. So yeah, it's just it's kind of a kind of a toss-up year it seems like like not the same way people talk about georgia like this is their year to do it you know because everyone they're playing is kind of replacing their studs but that's kind of how i feel with penn state it's like with ohio state showing like any sort of you know unproven quality at all it's like this is when you got to get them while they're down you know and and i don't even know their ohio state's down like they could have another 12 and 0 season for all we know but I uh I think I think Clifford is probably likely second team All Big Ten and he he could improve from that but it remains to be seen. Did you see um so on the Andy Staples show of the Athletic, a very good podcast that I like listening to, 
um, they were they did a deep dive um, with uh, Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports on the playoff changes, and something they talked a lot about, which I hadn't even considered, was just like how this was going to go. But like the playoff expansion, um, this removes any chance of Notre Dame ever joining the ACC, and Jim Phillips was brought in from the Big Ten to run the ACC. And his goal, like what the other, the ACC officials and ADs wanted was like Notre Dame to be a full-time member after this last year. Like that was priority one. But now that the playoff is expanding to 12, Notre Dame has a guaranteed playoff berth every year. And they're never going to do it because you don't have to win your conference to get in. You don't have to, the only way to get Notre Dame to join the ACC was if you had a conference championship or something like that requirement. And now that it's going to be a 12 team playoff mm. and Notre Dame's schedule can just do whatever it wants and they can just go 10 and two and get in. Um, they're never joining a conference. Like I, it's already kind of a disaster for Jim Phillips and the ACC because uh, they really wanted them and they're in the ACC everywhere else. What do you think about all that? I didn't consider do, it. Yeah, that's, and I hadn't thought about that either, but is, is not getting a top four seed enough to, dissuade notre dame to be no because if you get forever. the five or whatever you get still get to host a playoff game like that's something that's also appealing to them is they get to host it anyway they get to make money doing i'm that. also yeah i'm i'm of the belief that that's gonna change like not not the at the round of not in the first round but in the second round like i just don't think it makes any sense at all just logically that five through eight get a home playoff game on campus but one through four don't you know what I mean? Like, I think that round of eight. Well, I know why that is. Do you know why that is? Because they're trying to keep the bulls alive. Yeah, they're t- well trying to keep them happy in the sponsors. Oh well, yeah, and that yeah. And it's like the bulls are done. Like, get get this. Let the sponsors sponsor those games yeah, on it's... the campus. <laughs> whatever. Put all the Tostitos and Citibank logos you want to put on in Sanford Stadium and in Tiger Stadium or whatever. But well, it's interesting you bring this up because this is another point they made in this podcast was that I this was another point I hadn't considered until listening to them, but I think it's a an astute one, which is what is the appeal of going one to four if you can't host your own playoff game? Like like they need to incentivize finishing in the top four for these programs. Like it should be an option for Ohio State oklahoma georgia bama to host a playoff game on their campus like under these new changes well, the, they don't the get to first host round one. by the first round by is definitely an advantage well no yeah, what i'm saying is an advantage the like, they still want to be able to have a playoff game there why not like that that you need to find a way to get them a home playoff game yeah without a doubt i know greg mcgarity has always said that his favorite moment as a, as George athletic director was the Notre Dame game in Athens. And it's like Georgia went to the Rose bowl, you know, won the Rose bowl, went to the national championship game, won the sec that year too. But the one that actually happened in Athens on campus, like that atmosphere being in that college town, like that was the best moment he thought of his entire tenure at Georgia. And I think it speaks to that because it's just, all the eyes are on this small college town. And most of these are towns, you know, they're not major cities. So it just does so much. And it, it's like this, the kind of things, that's the reason we fell in love with college football, right? Like the things that make it different than the pros are kind of all the pageantry and everything that goes into those home atmospheres and everything. And the war Eagle and all flying through the stadium and everything, you know? So if you keep that into the playoffs, like not to mention like, the awesome 
uh, NFL playoff moments that happen in the snow. Like, could you imagine a playoff game at Ohio State at Wisconsin, like in the snow? Like, that would just be amazing. Like, I I hate for like inclement weather to kind of like decide a game, but football is just it's it like that's like no, that's just me a choice between football. the Orange Bowl of like Mich or Ohio State versus Oklahoma State or Oklahoma hosting or not Oklahoma or Ohio state hosting Oklahoma state in Columbus in the freezing cold. No, I'm taking that one every single time. What college football fans not doing that? Without a doubt. It's just college football need Like this is why we were so against the whole, uh, neutral sided games. Yeah. You know, it's like, we got to see all these games, but why are we watching them in NFL stadiums? Like the college stadiums are so much better than the NFL stadiums. You know, those big time ones, there's probably, you know, 10, 15 college stadiums is bigger than the biggest NFL stadium. Like, that's why we love just these cathedrals of college football, you know? So, like, that's why we love tailgate in Athens and walked around Sanford and been like, you know what would be better? This was at the Benz. Right? No one has ever thought that once. Mm -hmm. We should play this in Charlotte instead. I feel like (laughs) it would be more fun. There, I wouldn't. I want to believe there's somebody like that who's like, God, I'm so glad they're doing Clemson George on a neutral site. I want to know who what that fan is. I want to meet that fan. Just the swamp it. is fun, the but sw- yeah. have you ever been to Everbank Field? <laughs> it's gorgeous that time of year. Ever been to Raymond James? Is it still Raymond James, or they call it something else now? Uh, you're talking about Jacksonville, right? Buccaneers. Oh, the Buccaneers. I don't know what the Buccaneers what is. There- I think it is Raymond James still. I want to say. I think so. They change too much now. I don't keep up with it anymore. Some change after like three years and I just I can't do it anymore. It's just oh, too it's much. terrible, man. It's funny how like I just accepted these corporate sponsors growing up. It's like yeah. our parents were already annoyed by them. Like the damn Nokia Sugar Bowl, <laughs> you know, but like I hear I'm like Nokia Sugar Bowl. That's the normal one. Yeah. Like, I accepted that name. But now it's what is it? The State Farm Sugar Bowl or we something? We moved on from Peach Bowl. We were like, oh, Georgia. It's like the Georgia Bowl. And then it was like the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And you're like, oh, yes, yeah, the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Because they started off a little bit where it was like Chick-fil-A Peach just to get you to ease you into the corporate part of it. And now it's just the Chick-fil-A Bowl. No, but they brought it back. Did they? Ever since, yeah, ever since it became like a playoff, like it became like a New Year's Six, it's now the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Again. Uh, I don't even notice that. But anymore. yeah, there was like that period there. But oh, who is it? God, what's the White Sox Stadium now? Well, it's it like, used to be Comiskey forever. Oh, man. It's like, I just looked it up. Like, it's like guaranteed rate field. I think, <laughs> that's, what, I think that's what it is. Oh, it's terrible. Well, you had the Jake in Cleveland, and that one's now just terrible. Like, it's just progressive field yeah. yeah it stinks it all stinks but i mean who doesn't like hey uh what is it called um blinking uh quicken loans arena like who that just rolls off the tongue like there's just something about quicken loans um you love it right the queue the queue but also <laughs> san francisco like that's probably like the coolest stadium in all of major league baseball right san francisco mm. i think just it's pnc park right on the Pittsburgh. bay right there pnc park is up there that's top top five for sure but um but like uh you know it's pnc park that's what almost makes it better than san francisco like san francisco it's been like five different things it was like pac bell park and then is it not at&t anymore at&t park i don't think it is uh i'll look that up Mm. well that stinks that stinks um 
Yeah, you had Wrigley for like a hundred years. It's like that's just call it the stadium. Like we just want to, we're just trying to communicate of where we're playing. Mm. Oracle Park is what San Francisco is called now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say no to that one. It was SBC Park at one point. Mm. Um, sure. the last thing I want to touch on on this show, Matt Green, uh, picking the fat power five dark horse college football playoff contenders entering 2021 from Nick Cusco of CBS sports. Um, they're five is interesting to say the least. There's going to be one that I believe in more than others, Matt, and you could probably guess, but he has Arizona state, Iowa state, Miami, Michigan, and LSU. We talked about LSU. Of those five, who do you think is the most likely, the most realistic dark horse, and who do you think is the least realistic? I think Iowa State is definitely the most realistic, but I was going to have this conversation with you. So I was, I'd like to know the definition of a dark horse, right? Because Iowa State is the, the second picked team in the big 12 this year right are they really a dark horse if they're the I think second it's just because uh, when <laughs> i think it's dark horse because it's iowa state and iowa state actually making the playoff is insane just saying that sentence out loud just seems wrong that's fair and honestly like, i ex- feel like think anyone about explaining to ACC... no ex- think about explaining to 13 year old matt green that iowa state is going to be in the college football playoff I'd be like, they must have been building off those good Seneca Wallace seasons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Did uh, did, did Gene Chizik turn the program around? (laughs) Um, First of all, Iowa State, they got to do something about these black and white uniforms, man. That's just not Iowa State. I don't know. This grinds my gears. I know I'm an old man over here, but like, have some black unis that got some red and gold in there somewhere. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like it, but Regardless, I think you could argue anyone coming out of the ACC, Big 12, or uh, or Big 10, not named Clemson, Oklahoma, or Ohio State, is kind of a dark horse. So I feel like North Carolina was too easy to say you know they should be challenging because everyone knows they're the second team in the ACC kind of this year. But Miami, so Miami seems like the obvious th- third choice, but I just, I don't know, I don't believe in De'Aaron King, to be honest. I just I don't see Miami doing anything, making any like real noise in the big in the ACC and in Michigan. Like I feel like I've given up on Michigan. I I, I just don't see I just don't see Michigan competing in in the Big Ten. Like I think if you're gonna go dark horse, like you go with someone from whoever you think is gonna be the best team coming out of the West, like whether it's Wisconsin or Iowa, and then I guess you don't consider big. Uh, I guess he doesn't consider Penn State a dark horse because they're probably the second best team by all accounts. Like Indiana, I guess could be the dark horse, but they were the second highest ranked team coming into last year. But I would say a couple of those seem more realistic than Michigan. I just don't, I don't know why we're expecting anything from anything realistic, like anything serious contender type type season from Michigan. Michigan is preposterous. Like that is not happening. Like (laughs) I don't know what we have to like. There's nothing that says Michigan is ready. Like they're going to be starting McNamara probably at quarterback this fall. They don't have the elite quarterback play. They 
still haven't shown they've completely fixed a lot of the problems that plagued them last year. Um, the talent's still there, and he recruited really well down the stretch. But there are better options. Like, I believe in, for instance, Iowa a lot more in Michigan this year. I believe in Wisconsin and Paul Chris more than I believe in Jim Harbaugh in Michigan this year. Like, I believe in a lot more programs in the Big Ten as, like, dark horse contenders before I would throw Michigan in there. Um, also, I know you're a big Iowa guy. I'm a very big – I'm just – Iowa and Iowa State, just premier programs. By but, the way mm-hmm. – I, it's something about college football. It feels exclusive to college football. Like you're just people are obsessed with the brands mm. that, like, regardless of what you see on the field, you're like, yeah, but I know that team, and I think they're going to be better next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know when Michigan, obviously, you know Charles Woodson and that team, they split the national title in '97. Do you know when their most next most recent national title is? You have a guess? Seventies or sixties? Longer than that. Is it really? Yes. Nineteen forty-eight. Mm. So they basically went fifty years without winning a national championship, and that was a split one at that. So it's like this obsession with Michigan because they're like one of the first, the original blue bloods of college football. It's like they haven't. They've won one national title in the last. 70 years like it's kind of it's kind of crazy how everyone still wants michigan to be so good and they have a perception of what michigan should be even though they haven't been that in so long yeah i want to say michigan state has a more recent national title don't they um i mean oh i mean but they have the one in 97 though no i'm saying oh i mean outside of that though i think michigan state has more since like that 194 i think they have more i could be wrong they might. I, I was just surprised that Bo Schembechler never won a national championship because that's like one of those coaches that I remember like in, in folklore type thing. You know, you just remember those some of those older names like legendary coaches and he never won one national championship. Like he'd be called a choke artist if he was, if he was coaching now. Speaking of Michigan, he'd be Mark Richter is out here locking down four stars. He's recruiting his ass off already. Kate, Kate and Hauser, four star QB is a lock for Michigan state getting a four star running back in Katrin Allen. Like they are, uh, Michigan state, I think will be back sooner than people think. I think Mel Tucker is going to do well. And he's slancing. I think it's uh, going to be pretty quick. Um, Michigan state fixing a lot of their problems. Uh, a lot of it starts with Rocky Lombardi, not being under center. I would say, I would say, um, I love this sentence though on the dark horse stuff. I, can you imagine starting like not to I, I'm, this is just a crazy way to say um, to say, quote, the reports of a recruiting scandal notwithstanding is how he starts his <laughs> Pac-12 Arizona State pick. You can't do that. They're not at our course. Like, it's over. Like, it's probably it. Like, they're all getting fired. Like, the, you can't just say uh, yada. You can't yada yada the biggest like recruiting violation story of the last two years like that's not not a thing you can't you can't do that like you just can't overlook it excellent seinfeld reference right there but um yeah i i guess you're struggling in the pac-12 because it's usc and oregon's league right so you had washington i feel like you're obsessed with the washington Chris Utah. Peterson era. I feel like you wanted it to be better than it was. He went it was to the solid. playoff. He did it to the playoff one year for sure, but it was it was decent. But you you're right. Kyle Jake Whittingham, Utah, forever. 
Utah seems like a a team that should definitely get some love as far as being that that dark horse. You know, I don't necessarily know how good they're going to be this year, but uh, Arizona. Oh, State without looking, who is their starting quarterback? Matt Green. I'm going to see if you can get oh, this. Oh man, they got a transfer, didn't they? It's not still Jake Bentley, right? He's going to go on. Yeah, it's not Jake Bentley. Oh man, who is Utah's quarterback? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, just tell me. Charlie Brewer. Ah, I knew it was a transfer. So yeah, I mean, who knows? Utah could make some noise out there. The Pac-12, it's Pac-12's hard to even pretty pick open. a sleeper. Yeah, it's it's just a wide open conference. Also, like, is this a sleeper to win the conference? No, to be a playoff contender. I guess if you like be a playoff contender. Yeah, so I, I don't think Arizona State is a shot. I think maybe before all this, but like. I would actually just say the dark horse is USC because I think USC's got a pretty pretty good spot with if Keaton's healthy, like they should burn through. Like USC has too much talent. Like they, this is going to be a weird year for Oregon because they're either going to start uh, freshman and Thompson or run out Anthony Brown after Tyler Shook left for Texas Tech. So this is this is the time to capitalize um, if you're USC and to get this Clay Hilton stuff sorted out. But Graham Harrell's been there for a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, they should. But, I mean, honestly, it, none of it matters because Cal, my preseason Pac-12 champs, probably belong there too. Chase Garbers. We love it. <laughs> so you think in the SEC, you think you think LSU is the biggest dark horse. You, would you put LSU over Florida? Because mm. I, like, I guess you got to assume Georgia and, and Alabama are the favorites. So does that make A&M a dark horse? Or they're kind of getting so much love too it, they can't really be a dark horse. I would say the dark horse. I mean, we can't throw AM in there, right? Like AM can't be a dark horse. Cause they're just getting too much hype. Yeah, back. like they're just expecting. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Um I don't think Auburn has enough and I haven't seen enough from Bo Nix at this point. I would actually say a dark horse in the SEC. The best dark horse. Don't laugh, but I think it's one of the Mississippi teams. Mm. one of them you one think mississippi them. state i i, I don't I had, he messes I around see. and wins 10 games at washington state all the time like he was in the playoff thick of things late uh against the washington and like if those go a different way during the Gardner Minshew r- runs like they are very very close to the playoff like he is he never won the apple cup but he got him close so i think in the dark horse category like if everything is clicking in the air raid for eight games in a row, I think uh, they're in there. And Kiffin with Coral just being an assassin and just how much talent they have on offense and defense. Like, I don't think it's it's crazy for them to crash the party. And I also just think I trust those offenses more than I trust LSU right now. That's a super dark horse right there. Mm. I think I, I think you're going to see way more people would agree with you that Ole Miss is a dark horse, but... Mississippi State, I don't know. That's uh, like, would you be blown away if Mississippi State's like nine and two this fall, at going into the la- the Egg Bowl? Absolutely. Would you not? Like, I would be shocked if they're nine and two before the Ole Miss game. Like, here's what I the reason. I, I mean, they that. will have to have beaten somebody. Like, who do they who do they have from the from the? Let me pull up their schedule real quick. This is what Mike Leach does, though. He either is awful or he's going ten and two and nine and three. That's all he does because the area, like, he just like it's just the way they play like i don't and i I like will rogers a lot and i think 
I don't know, man. I think it's a very real possibility. They just go like, okay. They, they do get Kentucky and Vanderbilt from the East. There you go. Like, Levin A&M two. on the road. Yeah. Auburn on the road. But uh, LSU and Alabama at home. They're gonna be. They're gonna upset LSU or Alabama. Alabama, no. LSU. Or those the two. Are they those beat the two LSU losses? last year. That's true. That was a that was a crazy year. Well, <laughs> we'll see. LSU what I'm saying is, my point is, he can do that. Like he is very capable of having the weird ten and two, nine and three type year, um, just because of his offensive style. Like I think it's just how it goes i i think florida i would say is a bigger dark horse than some of these teams because i don't think anyone's really giving them a shot at all like i feel like with alabama losing so much even though they always lose so much i feel like there's like rumblings that you know someone could overtake them in the west like i don't think you're hearing really anything for florida and i don't i'm not necessarily thinking florida will be a a a surprise team by any means but they're a dark horse in just the sense that Emory Jones, I feel like it's just, it's like a huge, it's like a, the X factor of just like so many different outcomes of their seasons. Like if, if Emory Jones could be, could be bad enough to, to be benched by week four, and he could also be good enough to, you know, lead Florida to the SEC championship, you know? So it's like, it's just a huge, huge variable that I have no idea really what to expect from Florida, especially with how bad their defense was last year you got to assume some sort of improvement defensively. And then Emory Jones, you know, just being a, a dual threat quarterback could just kind of open things up for him, but it's not a favorable schedule. No, no. Having to not. play Alabama. No. Um, well, that's all I've got, Matt Green. That's all I got as well. I, we'll save the, we'll save the trivia for, uh, for next time. Yeah, well, how about this? We'll have it all ready to go. Trivia next week. We're going to do Georgia, Tennessee 2012. So uh, if you would like to follow along, uh, go check that out. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Just Georgia, Tennessee 2012. Um, We are going to do our throwback Thursday with that. Excellent game. I was at that game. Yeah. So we'll get the inside scoop of what it was like being there. Um, Yeah. So we'll do that next week as well. That is. I have an awesome. I have a. I have maybe an a-hole backstory to also go with that that game. If I I'll, I'll, I can save it for next time. All right, there you go, there you go. Um, all right, Matt Green. Well, for that guy down there in Tequila, Georgia, Matt Green. For myself, up here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is all I've got. Matt, thank you as always. We'll talk next week. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.